Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to the river this morning. Those watching online, we're glad you're watching, whether you're on the beach or wherever you're at this week. Uh, those that are here, we are in 2 Timothy. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles if you want. There's one in the seat in front of you. We're going through the book of 2 Timothy. I thought it was going to be like a seven or eight week journey, but it looks like it's going to be more like a 17 week journey. As I dig in each week, I had to split this sermon in half because there was just so much good stuff this week. So we're only going through, I think, three verses this week in the Second Timothy. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and pull that out. And while you're pulling that out, Paul is going to be talking about utensils that can be used by the master. And he talks about these utensils of gold and silver and how those utensils can be used for for important things, and he talks about those that are made of wood that are used for everyday things, and both utensils we'll see get used, but Paul's using the example of the utensils that can be used for greater good, for greater things, and I I find when I talk to people all the time that most people I meet, they want life to be better for their kids than it was for them. They want life to be better for their grandkids than it was for them. They want to see something better occur to the glory of God, or even if they don't know God, they still want something better for the next generation. Now, Paul is writing to Timothy. He's an older gentleman. He has poured into Timothy. He has discipled Timothy, and now he's trying to help Timothy know, Timothy, these are the things you need to know. These are the things I'm going to pour into you so that you can be a tool in the master's hand. Now, when I think of tools, they had tools back then, but today we got power tools, right? And, and I like power tools. I'm just saying. I'm just, and so I, I lay a lot of floor from time to time in houses, my house. And, uh, you know, a skill saw is real important. You got to have one of these, and, and you got to have battery operated. You don't want it to be corded. Like, you're always tripping over that cord. Amen? Guys, can you back me up on this? Like, you, you always got to have power tools. And I got Ryobi here, which I don't recommend. That, I better not say that. Okay, anyway. All right. Ryobi's great. It's great. Uh, now, sometimes you just got to do some demo, no matter what you're working on, and this is the ultimate tool for demo, right? Oh, listen to that. Ha. It's like music to men, I'm just saying, right? So, I mean, like, you could cut, I better not do that. You, you can, like, cut things up. You can, like, cut pipes off. You put the right blade in there. You can saw through plumbing. You can saw through, through two-by-fours, four-by-fours, and it's great for those places you just kind of got to get that you can't quite reach with a regular saw. I love this tool, okay? Powerful. And, and then, though, for most of my work that I do when I'm laying floors, it's a chop saw. Oh, yeah, chop saw. These things are great. You can, like, cut a straight line every time. And it's, it's kind of like an engine. You can, like, rev it. Oh. Sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Some of you are like, you're just, you're just, you're lusting right now. Stop, stop, okay? <laughs> Quit lusting over my tools. All right. So, why do I tell you that? Because none of those tools are any good if the blade is dull. They're useless 
a couple of weeks ago, I was working on a floor, and man, I got the living room done, the kitchen done. I'm wrapping up the last of the flooring. I had like eight pizza, pieces of vinyl left to go down, and my blade had gotten so dull that as I'd go to chop the, the vinyl flooring, like it would just smoke. It wasn't chopping anymore. It was just spinning. It was just smoking everywhere. And you know how those moments are when you're like right at the end of a job and you're like, Jesus, just please let me finish and go home. And I had like eight pieces left to go. And I was like, okay. And I had to spend the $45 for a new blade. And, and boy, it, ch- it cut really pretty then, you know, new blades. But what if you have a bad blade? What if your blade's not sharp? It's a waste of time. You just can't get it done. So in our lives, God wants to use us for his glory. He wants to use us to reach the people next door to us and love them well. He wants to use us to forgive people well. He wants to use us to teach other people well. He wants us to to be able to make the next generation have a better life than we have. He wants us to lift up love and crush bitterness and anger and hate. But to do that, We've got to be tools that he can use. And that's what we're going to look at today. Paul's advice to Timothy on how to be tools in the hands of the master. So let's read 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read verses 20 through 22 to get started. It says, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates useful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and invite him to speak truth into our hearts this morning, okay? Lord, I just come before you this morning and I'm just asking for all of us in the room today that you would speak into our hearts the truth of your word. Lord, I believe you want us to all be a part of making this world a better place. I believe you want all of us to be a part of your team in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And yet, Lord, for many of us, if not all of us, there are things in our life that make it a little harder, a little more difficult, because they stand against what you've taught us. So I pray that you'd speak truth into each one of us this morning, and that wherever it is, Lord, that there's a lack of purity or love in our lives, we would confess that and turn away from it and turn to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, if you have the little sheet of paper we give you when you walk in, the listening guide, we're gonna walk through that. Uh, The first thing I want you to see is that God wants us to stay pure and let the master use you. To be pure and let the master use you. Paul uses example of utensils, of gold and silver, Again, that's not something we utilize a whole lot in our culture. That's why I went with the power tool idea. Uh, But his example is still the same. There are utensils that are used for daily living, and there are utensils that are used for fancy or important moments. 
And Paul is saying that for those of us, such as Timothy and those who follow Christ, we need to keep our lives and our hearts pure that God can use us for any job that he has out there for us. He wants us to be pure in heart that we might have that relationship in a pure moment. Now, uh, as we look at that, uh, we have to ask the question, what does that purity look like? Uh, and how does God do that when he knows that nobody is perfect except Christ himself? I, I wrestle with this question because there have been times in my life that I feel like I've been really close to God and like there was nothing perhaps standing between me and him. And there have been times in my life where I had bitterness against somebody, times in my life when I had anger issues, times in my life where I was choosing to, to walk in the flesh instead of the spirit, and, and times that I believe that God did not choose to use me for things because there was not the purity in my life. And all that's taken place while I've been in ministry. Okay, there, there are no perfect pastors, but the moment you accept your imperfections and your sins as okay, that's when you're in trouble. The moment when you go, you know what, yeah, I know I've got an anger issue, but that's just because I got red hair, right? All redheads, we're all just that. That's just the way we, well, I know, I know, I, I, I know I'm selfish, but I'm just an only child. That's the way I was raised, right? Or I know I'm always fighting for my place, but I'm one of seven, so I had to fight for everything I got. You fill in the blank. We make excuses, right? And God calls us to be pure in heart and to throw the excuses away so that we can be used mightily in the master's hand. He wants us to be pure in heart. Psalm 24, verse three through five, it's in the Old Testament, the middle, but I'll, I'll read it to you so you don't have to hustle it down right now. It says, who may climb to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Interesting that he chose those two things. Don't worship idols and never lie. Those were two things I think that would have been important in their time. What is it in your life and mind that we need to work when it comes to purity? What is it for you? Is it something that you're looking at that's impure? Is it a lifestyle you're embracing that's impure? Is it the friends that you run with that when y'all get together, you do things that don't glorify God? Well, it's interesting because he, he gives an example of Joseph in verse 22. He says, run from anything that stimulates useful lust. In other words, if there's something that tempts you, you don't need to like sit there and Try to think about it. Should you do this? Just run. There are some things for me that I just need to run. If I am tempted, I just need to turn around and go as fast and as far away as I can from that temptation. Now, a great example of that was Joseph uh, in the book of Genesis. Joseph was a man that he'd had some hard seasons. For those of us that feel like we've had hard seasons, Joseph had hard seasons. First of all, as he grew up, he was spoiled rotten. So much so that his dad literally told all his other brothers that this kid was his favorite. Boy, don't you know that built some great sibling family unity there? 
being the youngest and being told by all the other kids that you're the favorite, yeah, he was not well-liked. So much so that his brothers wanted to kill him, but thankfully one of the brothers said, let's not kill him, let's make money off of him, that's better. And so they sold him into slavery. And so they sold him into slavery. Uh, He went to be a slave in a man named Potiphar, a very powerful man in Egypt. Now, he could have given up at that point and said, you know what, God? I tried to follow you. I tried to do the things for you, and I'm in prison. What's the point? But instead, he chose to have a pure heart while he was working as a slave. He worked hard, so hard that he got raised to be the top slave over all of Potiphar's accounts and dealings, and and things were going really good until all of a sudden Potiphar's wife took a liking to him too much. And she wanted him for her own pleasure. And he had to make a choice. In Genesis 39, verse 12, it says, she came and grabbed Joseph by the cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. What did Joseph do? He ran. He ran from that moment because he knew that was a temptation. And I wanna challenge some of you today, you need, that's the word you need to hear. You may not need to hear anything else I say, but there's something in your life that's tempting you. A part of impurity, addiction, you just need to run. You need to run the other way and run towards God as fast and as hard as you can. Throw your pride aside and run toward God and run away from that temptation. Well, second thing, how do you get over that temptation? Well, Paul gives Timothy what to run towards. That's the second thing. Pursue righteousness, faithfulness, love, and peace. You're gonna have to pursue these things. Uh, the, The verse says pursue these four things. Let's start with righteousness. Uh, righteousness question. Now, under each one of these, I put a little question. It's not on your listening guide, but you, you can add it if you want. So if you put, the, put a question for righteousness, does it honor or dishonor God? That's the righteousness question. What I'm doing, does it honor God or dishonor God by what I'm doing? And, and what does it even mean to pursue? You ever think about that? Is he saying pursue these four things? Uh, think of the thing that you wanted the most in your life. What was it that you pursued? I remember pursuing my wife, okay? Some of you pursued your spouse. Some of them, they pursued you. Uh, Listen, I got no bones about it. I pursued my wife. Uh, I mean, I was praying for a wife, and when she showed up on campus where I was at, I was like, I'm pursuing her. I I mean, like, I didn't, I only let a week go by before I asked her out on first date and proposed two months later and married her two months later. Like, I was ready. Didn't let him all scroll underneath my tires, I'm telling you. Now, I need to pursue righteousness, faithfulness, and love all in the same way where I want them above all other things. I'm running after those things because I know they are honoring of God. And so this idea of of honoring God, does it honor God? What movies are you watching? Are they honoring God? What habits do you have? Are they honoring God? What music do you listen to? Is it honoring God? What experiences are you having? Are they honoring God? That's the question that I ask in my life. Am I honoring God? 
Now, sometimes I get answers I don't like because sometimes there's some movies I'd like to watch that don't honor God. And that, that's probably my biggest, like, battle because I like a lot of action movies and some of them just have too much garbage in them. And I got to tell myself no. And, okay, I'm just been telling you how my brain thinks. I'm like, I am 54 years old. I am a man. I can watch anything I want. It will not affect me. Lies, 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 right? Right? And so we have to wrestle with these questions of purity and righteousness. Is it going to honor God? Now, there's plenty of stuff that, that doesn't dishonor or honor God. It's just something, you know, my wife likes that movie Sound of Music, you know? I mean, who's you know that one, you know? I watched it with my wife, right? I don't think it honors God. I don't think it dishonors God. It's just a fun movie to watch, right? There's a movie out right now, Sound of Freedom. My wife and I went and saw it. How many of you have seen that one? Anybody? Man, if you had not seen that, please go. Man, it's a powerful movie of one person who chose to make a difference in this world to help stop human trafficking. And uh, didn't say anything about Christian faith or anything, but it, it was a testimony of an individual that chose. It kind of alluded to faith, uh, but at the end of the day, it was a powerful testimony of somebody who stood up, stood up against evil to protect children. So, so as you're looking at this righteousness question, just write down the question, does it honor or dishonor God, okay? Uh, second, faithfulness question. Do I keep my commitments, this is your question, do I keep my commitments even to my harm? There used to be a saying, your word is your bond. There used to be a saying, if you shake your hands on it, it is a done deal. Now, I think the saying is, if you sign the papers with triplicate and get it notarized with four lawyers agreeing to it, then you might get held to what you said. That's a sad day, people. It's a sad day that we don't have the integrity and the character that we can have our yes be our yes and our no be our no. Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. The people were arguing. They were making deals, and they were backing out on their deals, and they were saying, well, I didn't swear on the, the, the temple. I swore on the temple, but not the gold in the temple. If I just swore on the gold of the temple, then I would have kept my word. But, you know, the temple is not really worthy of that swearing thing, so, so I can get out of this deal. And we do that today. Well, if it's not in paper, I guess I didn't say it. Well, yeah, I may have said that, but you don't have a, a legal right to it. I, I was making a deal on a car, talked to the guy, made him an offer. He said yes. I went to go get the money, came back to pay him for the car, and he said, well, I sold it. I said, what do you mean? I, I told you I was going to get the money. He's like, yeah, I sold it. I said, but you said you'd hold it for me. He said, the guy offered me $500 more. May our integrity be worth more than $500. May be worth more than $5. Where, what is the worth of our word? There have been a lot of deals I've shook hands on only to get burned on the deal because of my own poor preparation or something that happened in the midst of that deal, and I made a, a number, and I lost money. But you know what? I kept my character. And for you and I, it's more important that we keep our integrity and our character than it is that we keep the cash in our back pocket. And we're in a culture now that doesn't want to be faithful to our word. We get folks all the time, man, I want to sign up, I want to volunteer, 
and we, we do Be the Church Day. We get folks say, I'm signed up, I'm volunteering, I'm all in. We set up a job for them to do. And I don't know, I hope none of, nobody in this room, I hope I'm not being, but anyway. And then all of a sudden we have to like, I don't know, do we have to cancel because they back out because they get an offer to go to a concert in Nashville. They get an offer to go to a ball game in, in Knoxville. And, and it's always the same thing. Well, I'm sure you'll understand. I got a better offer. I don't know, you probably need to talk to Jesus and ask him what he says about faithfulness. Because there's plenty of times you're gonna get a better offer and you've already committed to something. You need to ask Jesus. How do you walk through that? Because as believers in Christ, our yes needs to be our yes and our no needs to be our no. We need to be known for our integrity and our character. Well, the third thing he tells them to pursue is pursue love. How do you pursue love? I, I got this question. Oh, wait, I skipped it. I skipped peace, didn't I? Okay, first is peace. Love? Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. Hey, round two for me. I should have it down by now, right? The love question do I love others as Christ has loved me? Now, this is a big question for love. But Jesus set the example for love. And so when I'm asking the question about love, I picture Christ on the cross, nailed to the cross, people mocking him all around him. His disciples had deserted him. And he looks out upon the crowd and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the kind of love I want to have for others. That's the kind of love I want to pursue in my life. But there's problems in purity sometimes because sometimes we have, we have sin in our life that keeps us from that level of love. I was sharing first service, I have an anger problem. I don't know how many of you guys have anger problems. I had several people come to me afterwards and said, man, I, got, I wrestle with the same thing. Uh, in my life, there have been times I've had moments that I'm embarrassed about the way I overreacted and, and, and behaved and dishonored God by my anger. And it came to a breaking point. That was probably about 20 years ago now. Uh, my wife and I were in one of those intense moments of Christian marriage fellowships AKA fighting, right? And, um, and I, I'm the guy that, if you haven't been around me, I'm pretty high strung. No, that surprises you, right? But I can elevate my voice real quickly and I can, I can get there. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I kind of said, well, that's kind of the example I had from one of my parents. And, you know, so it's just kind of, that's the way it is. And, and as we were having this moment, I had a DVD in my hand, and in my anger of yelling, I threw it across the room and it exploded on the wall. And at that point, my son walked in, and I saw the fear in his eyes for his dad. It wasn't the respect or the love that I want to see in his eyes, it was fear because he just saw his dad totally out of control, losing it. 
And as I looked in his eyes, I, I knew I had to change. I went back to my bedroom. I got on my face before the Lord and wept. And I asked the Lord that it would never happen again. And said, Lord, what do I need to do? And it sounds foolish, but I felt like the Lord gave me my answer. I need to give my wife and my kids permission to call time out on me. Not time out like go sit in a corner, but time out like in a football game when you need to time out and you need to regroup. Because if I'm getting to that point of anger that I'm going to say something that hurts my children or my wife or a friend, I need a time out. And so that's what we started doing. And uh, I'm not going to say I've been perfect since then, but wow, what a difference. What a difference when you're willing to pursue love. When you really want to love your family and your friends better, so you go to God and you say, God, show me what I need to do that I might live a different life to honor you. I don't know what area of your life you need to show more love in, but would you have the courage to get on your face sometime today and cry out to God and say, God, what can I do differently? I want to challenge you to do that. That's why God calls us to pursue love. Because in the end, we all want the same thing. We want love shown back to us, don't we? It's a beautiful thing. Well, the next one is peace. What is the peace question? For peace, I put, do I pursue peace over being right? Do I pursue peace over being right? There are a lot of things we can argue about that really don't make a difference of a hill of beans, right? You know, what's the best way to cook eggs? Scrambled or fried? How many, how many scrambled we got in here? How many fried we got in here? All right, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Scrambled's better. We know. It, it's not. It's just preference, right? And yet we can get upset with people we love, and we can make a big deal out of something just so that we're right. Somebody told me, when I got married, you can be right or you can be happy, but you can't be both. Let me say that again for you young couples. You can be right or you can be happy, but you can't be both. What does that mean? That means on some things, it's just preference and you don't need to argue and fight over it. Just let it go. You know, do you turn your socks inside out or outside in when you throw them in the washing machine to get them cleaner? Do you put the spoons up or down in the dishwasher? My wife and I had that big discussion many times when we first got married. She had one perspective. I had another perspective. I, I, and, and, you know, you, look, you read the dishwasher manual. There's nothing in there about which way to put spoons. I'm just saying it is not in there. So who's right? And we would actually get upset at each other if we put them the other way. I was just the guy, I, my method was grab them, throw them all in at once and walk away, you know? Now, the Lord kind of reminded me, you know what, does it really matter? No, I want peace in my home. How much longer does it take me to change the way I put a spoon in? Maybe seven seconds? Seven seconds for peace 
or let's just have a fight that lasts all night long over a spoon, right? Do you pursue peace at work or do you pursue being right? Now, I'm not talking about things in in Scripture. I'm not talking about your character. I'm not talking about truth of the Word of God. I'm just talking about silly stuff. Do we pursue peace or do we pursue being right? I want to challenge you. Paul's telling Timothy here, pursue peace. It'll pay dividends in your life, in your family, in your relationship. And the last thing, the third point, is hang out with pure-hearted Christians. Now, I'm going to give you a Tennessee proverb. You can write this down. It's not in the Bible, but it's a good proverb. You can't soar with eagles in daylight if you're running with a bunch of turkeys at night. Okay? Who are you running with? Who do you hang out with? Who do you spend your time with? Are they people that encourage you to do the right thing and pursue love and forgiveness and grace and God? Or are they people who challenge you to do the wrong thing, to pursue addictions, irresponsibility, deceit? Who are you running with? On the 4th of July, we got together with our life group, and I love being with my life group. When we pray together, those men challenge me to be a better man of God. If I share with them about a struggle in my marriage that week, they don't go, yeah, you know, you should just give up on that gal. There's a whole lot of other women out there, you know. Just, just, just go for other fish in the sea. They're like, Steve, tell me what happened. Yep, just what I thought. You were a jerk. Go tell her you're sorry. Right? I got men of God that will speak truth into my life, and I need that. And I'm grateful for that. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord, and it doesn't stop there. What does it say last three words? With pure hearts. Listen, there are some Christians that will get you in more trouble than those that aren't Christians. The pure hearts is important. Who are you running with? Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Isn't that true? I believe it's true. I believe all of us in our relationships, we need to seek to honor God. Now, some of you in here today, and you've got one little closet in your house that you shove all the junk in. You know, you know the closet I'm talking about in your house, right? It's the one that whenever people come over to visit and you don't expect it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll be there in just a minute. And you grab everything, you throw it in that closet. I saw a TV show recently, and the guy's girlfriend was coming over, his wife, I can't remember, no, it was his girlfriend, and, and uh, coming over to his house, and he didn't know it. She shows up at the door. He's like, hey, give me just a minute. So what does he do? He grabs everything. He just shoves it all in the closet, closes the door, and she walks in. She's like, oh, wow, it's cleaner than I expected, and then she, she goes, oh, let me put my, clo- my coat in the closet or something. Opens that one closet and everything falls out. What is the one closet in your life that you're holding back from God? What is the one closet that if we opened up right now and we displayed it all on stage in front of the whole world, you would go, oh, no. Is it your thought life? 
Is it a broken relationship that you've said some things, maybe with your siblings, maybe your parents, maybe your kids? You, you've drawn some lines and you've cut people off and you've not displayed the love of Christ to them. Is it bitterness? Is it anger issues? What is it in your life that you've chosen not to give to God, but you kept in that closet? I wanna challenge you today to give that to God. I wanna challenge you today that that's what you give over to God because if you don't, that closet becomes a room. That room becomes two rooms. Those two rooms become half a house and soon that whole house is gone. I got a pile of books back here in my pile. I brought up, man, these are some, some guys that I really respect here. They love the Lord. Ray Bake, James Dobson, Robert Lewis, Bill Bright, Bob Roberts. These guys have gone the distance, fought the good fight, finished well. And I've got a stack over here of pastors that I heard them speak at conferences, bought their book, left his wife, left the ministry, got fired from his church because of his anger issues that he wouldn't repent of, got fired from his church because of sexually inappropriate comments to multiple women, got fired from his church because he chose not to do anything about sexual abuse because the person was his, his family member and has left true faith. You know what scares the living daylights out of me? Is one day winding up in that pile of books. I hope it scares the living daylights out of you too. I want to be in the first pile the one that finishes well. And to do that, I believe I've got to be pure in mind, pure in heart, pure in actions. Now listen, it's crazy to me that God uses somebody like myself because if, if you had opened up some of those closets in different times of my life, it would be real embarrassing. Okay? And I'm pretty confident we've all got a closet at some time in our life that would be embarrassing. But here's the beauty, folks. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. First John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalms tells us as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah tells us that although our sins be as like filthy rags, he'll make them white as snow. That is the gift that Christ our King gives us. I want to give you the chance to discover that today. If you would stand with me. If this is your first time, we, we do a, an invitation time just to give you a chance to respond to whatever the Lord is nudging you to do. And over here to my left, there's these, these kneelers. And if you want to come kneel and just pray, just you and God, that's for you and God alone. I would just ask nobody, nobody come and pray with them because over here, this side is for them to pray, just them and God, okay? Over to my right, if you want somebody to pray with you, if the Lord's stirring something up but you just need somebody to pray with you, like, man, I, 
I just need you to pray for my, my, my bad attitude. I need you to pray for my broken, uh, my broken faith right now. I need you to pray for that closet in my life. If you need somebody to pray with you, come over here and one of our, our staff will just lay their hand on you and just say, hey, how can I pray for you? And they'll pray with you. Maybe you just need to unpack some stuff. Maybe you got some stuff that you're like, I just need to, to unpack some stuff and have someone listen for five, 10, 15, 20 minutes and then have them pray over me. We have a prayer room in the back for that purpose, to unpack it. And I'll be up front. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never discovered the forgiveness and grace of Jesus, I'll be right down here. And if you'd like to pray and give your life to Jesus today, I'll be here to pray with you and help you walk through that. And if there's a whole slew of people, thousands come forward, we'll have thousands come forward to pray with you, okay? Uh, so Chris is gonna play our song about clean hands and a pure heart. And I just invite you to sing it or be praying and asking God, God, what do you want me to do? What's my role? What's my part today? Chris, if you would lead us. You can sing along or you can pray, whatever you want to do. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening, and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.